podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback. And I'm joined by my not-so-lovely co-host tonight, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on? That's so mean. I, yeah. I, was, so, I wasn't ready for that. Well, I know. Well, we were talking before this, and I didn't really bring it up, but I'm mad at you. Uh, oh, right, right. I. You know why I'm mad at you. Yes, yes, I know. I'm, for, mommy and Daddy are fighting everyone. For, for those of you who aren't aware... I, uh, I'm in that, that LRQ, it was the LRQB league, Denny. It's a 16 team league. Right. And in this league, I mean, this is kind of a bad beat story that no one really cares about, but, uh, my, my, it's a 16 team league. So I went running back heavy as everyone else did, tried to do. Right. So second round comes around, I get Le'Veon Bell. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the third round came around, I got Roddy White. And then the, and then the fourth round came and I got Andre Brown. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already I'm already struggling enough with three of my first four picks not doing a thing for the first portion of the season. Luckily, Le'Veon Bell's coming on strong. Right. But regardless, I've already been screwed. I'm somehow five and four. Somehow, I don't. Again, we were talking about this. It's Pierre Thomas because I have him everywhere. Yeah. But so I go to try to trade the Chiefs defense to the Aaron Rodgers owner, and I'm giving the Chiefs defense and Alex Smith for Kendall Wright. Okay. And it was just kind of a feeler trade. Mm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a bad deal by any means, mm. especially considering. I mean, especially considering Rodgers, you know, is, is out. Send him the, the the trade offer. It's rejected about ten minutes later, and the note that I receive was a link to your <laughs> streaming article about how you should trade the Chiefs defense. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I I did want to apologize to all the degenerates out there who's. Whose you know chance at, uh, at at robbing a league mate was thwarted by my fake football article. I'm... I I was I was so jealous though of the people that got that done and were sending you pictures. Oh my gosh, I mean, incredible. I mean, seriously, uh, uh, just you know, so everyone knows that you should check out my my Twitter timeline because I have at least six or seven crazy success stories of people. <laughs> Um, just as background for, for my, the fake football, uh, defensive streaming column I wrote this week, I, you know, suggested that people trade away their chief defense and get what they can sell at the very high point of their value. And people did that. And the, the stuff they got was, uh, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Des Bryant's. I'm talking about. Uh, Eric on, I saw, I, yeah, I saw Andre Johnson, Matthew yeah. Stafford. Stafford as an upgrade to somewhat uh, to like a Roethlisberger type. I mean, I, I I'm talking like major major wins here for people who who got so much value out of the Chiefs for 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 nine weeks and 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 now now you know trade now now cashed in. I mean, just it's just a a great move. I'm really glad people were able to do that, but. I am sorry that that your uh, trading partner got a hold of my article. I, I apologize. That that's the the one uh, downfall of, of writing about this I, stuff. I 
I've I've run into it more this year than than I did last year because I've you know we've only been doing this now for a couple of years the whole writing thing right. but um you know I, I ran into the the issue now uh more and more people that I'm in leagues with uh, outside of of you know writers and and, and quote unquote experts are reading my content on number fire and I have I have a really good friend who actually he's the one that I, I referenced in the intro of my book this year who won my my league last year mm-hmm. by by using the strategy because he read my book right, right? and <laughs> of course and so he he and I he and I G chat almost every day he's up in New York and 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 whatnot and and you know I'll I'll try to I'll try to own him on a trade and and just talk him into doing a trade with me and then. The very next day, you know, he'll, he'll ponder it. But then the next day, I'll publish an article, basically saying exactly what my thought process was mm-hmm. in the trade. So I'm screwing myself. And he he messages. It's almost a weekly thing. Like he's. I know it's partially my fault. I should omit that. Mm-hmm. But you know, we do it for the people, man. <laughs> we, we, Think of the. We don't. We don't do it for us. Right. I I actually have a similar thing. Uh, uh, my my friend who I interact with on Twitter a lot with um threats and whatnot uh, uh pat lane uh it has been oh, in my yeah. fantasy league my my kind of local family and friends league for a long time and um uh so i'll try to i'll try to kind of get one by him on a trade and he will just destroy me on gchat be like be like you know <laughs> like basically like go to hell who do you think you are like i read your stuff i read what you wrote you're still you're still trying to screw me on this deal <laughs> yeah. and i'm like oh i forgot you read my read my stuff thing you know? yeah I, it's it's not fun back it's in the day fun. i i i would have had no remorse but now i just kind of feel bad because i actually do put it out there as like my thinking behind you know how can you take advantage of your of right. your exploitable teammate uh, league mate yeah, I mean, this is the 11th year of my my big league, and I I literally, you know, I, I've I won three of the first six championships, and I haven't won. I, I'm I'm always I'm always competitive and whatnot, mm-hmm. but like it's like every year, like I can't anymore. Right. I just I can't. So that I just can't. That league started when you were what, like seven, eight years old, something. Yeah, four actually. <laughs> I was four. You can make an I'm, old I'm, joke later. Yeah. I'm fi- I'm 15 now. <laughs> Whatever. Davis Maddock isn't here. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, but, I did. I, he he did, he did go trick or treating last week. Hey, uh, that's all right. Hey, I, I trick or treated till an embarrassingly old age. But I will say that for a fifteen-year-old, <laughs> your nine-day beard is incredible. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I've been working on it. I'm not. I'm not quite to Lad Davies yet. No one is. That man has a gnome-like beard. <laughs> no mask. Yes. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's very very well done. Well groomed. I, I give him props. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, all right, let's dig into this stuff. Uh, last week wasn't a great week again for us, but regardless, it wasn't a great week for anyone that was using logic. To use. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, so we had Cleveland, New Orleans. Cleveland was playing Baltimore. New Orleans was playing the Jets. The Cowboys were playing the Ponders. And the Raiders were playing the, the seven touchdown foals. Yeah. <laughs> that What? Those were the defensive streamers. What do you want to talk about the Foles thing for a second? We, we've we we've been getting trolled recently by a guy, and it, we basically are, are saying that you know, just because that Nick Foles game happened doesn't mean that you should be mad that you didn't start him. Oh, uh, yeah. Like you know, it, it's not a very. It, 
I understand it's the Raiders and, and, and whatnot, but going into that game, and I wrote about this in an intro, going into that game, you would have loved to have Terrell Pryor over Nick Foles yes. in fantasy. Yes, 100%. And, and, and obviously that, you know, Pryor had a fine, fine fantasy day, but, you know, it wasn't Nick Foles. And I, I think people need to realize that, you know, the logic side of things wins out at the end, but there's going to be these outliers and these anomalies. But that doesn't mean that you just throw your hands up and say, I give up. I'm never going to try to predict what happens in football again because there's so much parody. I can't even handle myself. I don't even know if I can no. I can yeah. go to the bathroom ever <laughs> <Yeah>. again. <laughs> no, keep keep going to the bathroom, everyone. Keep doing yes. it. Uh, no, yeah, I, I agree. It, it, to, to throw your hands up and say, um, well, I didn't see Nick Foles throwing seven touchdowns, so how can we ever see anything? I mean, right. you, you're taking an incredibly like microscopic view uh, right. of, of of football and fantasy football. If you think that, if you even if that even crosses your mind, that that never crossed my mind personally. I mean, yes, of course, I wish I had Foles on my like daily teams and whatnot, but. I never thought I never considered him a, a a real option. So it's not like I I agonized and said, you know what, there are three really good reasons to use Nick Foles this week, and then I didn't follow that advice. You know, I didn't see anything in the numbers that that really spoke to me. So I'm I'm okay with that. Right. You know, you you can't get you you just can't get angry with that kind of stuff. And and what what really what, what how you really need to think about it is. Uh, when you predict a player, when you project how a player is going to do, you obviously think, okay, this player could go off this week. But when we say go off, that doesn't mean seven touch passing no. touchdowns, or doesn't. And, and let's not even use Foles as the example because that was rather a little bit unpredictable. But a perfect example is someone like T.Y. Hilton going into last week, yeah. where where we knew that there was a possibility that he could have a good game. The Texans secondary wasn't playing as well. You know, Hilton was finally going to get top targets in an offense and we we know that he has the ability to be a really good wide receiver and he's finally getting that opportunity so entering the game you can say i think that ty hilton's gonna have a big game so your big game prediction might be something like 15 to 20 fantasy points you know he got 30 33 or whatever uh half point ppr points and that's great and we're saying we're not saying that we predicted three touchdowns in that game but we're saying you know you might have predicted or or thought through logically that T.Y. Hilton would have a good game. There's a big difference between those two thought processes. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I just, I just don't, I just don't. I think you need to take a, a much wider view, kind of a, uh, um, what, what do they call it? Like a, like a hundred mile view of, um, yeah. of, of fantasy football sometimes, and and just, and just know that. Uh, you know, we can we can see things you know coming down the line, and, and that's what we talk about on this on this podcast a lot is uh, yeah. uh, trends that speak well of um, uh, of of players of tight ends and quarterbacks and defenses, um, especially. And you know, they are they are somewhat predictable um, a, a lot of the time. But you know, just because Nick Foles goes bananas doesn't you know that doesn't mean that anybody should say, well, who who there are no. There are no projections. There are no reliable inf- information. You know, uh, you know, uh, right. uh, sources. Um, I, I, I think that that's just a huge overreaction. Yeah, one of the things, one of the lines that I was trying to put in my article, but I th- one in the the Foles one that I wrote earlier this week that I I don't I don't think would have been taken the right way. Uh, so I didn't, but I'll just share it here. Was that 
if there's a breakout game, we're okay with it. But if there are many breakout games that happen the same week, we're not okay with it. Yeah. So that's kind that's kind of what happened this yeah. week. And I, I didn't want people to take that the wrong way because statistically then it shows that it's an unpredictable game and whatnot. But but really what it is is we, we see these breakout games or these games out of nowhere every single week. We saw it with Marvin Jones the week before. But it's not until we see, you know, Nick Foles doing this and then Case Keenum and, and, and Andre Johnson uh, that night uh, performing above above their heads. It's not until then that we start to complain. But meanwhile, this kind of this kind of stuff happens every week and you just have to kind of deal with it and realize that the majority out there are not foreseeing this. Nobody is. Unless unless you're one of those ridiculous $51 bettors on on one of these daily sites and you you stack Nick Foles with Riley Cooper and win 100 grand. Which happened. It happened, guys. It happened. Unbelievable. I mean, somebody Who are who are these people in this world? Somebody won 100 Gs because they stacked Foles and Cooper, I wouldn't have done that on a dare, honestly. If someone no. was like, I dare you, I bet you can't do it. I'd be like, yeah, you're right. I cannot stack Foles and Cooper. Think, think about think about the beginning of the season and think about what happened with Riley Cooper. And and, and if it's, it's August right now and you say, that man on television is going to play with the backup quarterback and they're going to win me $100,000. Oh. Oh. Incredible, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the NFL. That's the. That's why we love it. Yes, and but but still, there's there's really. I think it's just another lesson in, um, you know, to emphasize process over results, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, if, if our process is sound, and I think it is for a lot of people who listen to this podcast, then the results shouldn't get you. Shouldn't shouldn't you know throw you into a, a week long panic. You know, no, no matter what happens, it's just just re- yep. relax, everyone. But but getting back to our our defenses from last week, yeah. um, uh, I um, I know that the the Saints uh, kind of tank there, um, kind of <laughs> they they were not in the in the top eighteen. I think they were nineteenth. Yeah, that was dumb total. But um, the uh, the Cowboys and Browns, um, who we mentioned, uh, finished fourth and fifth respectively among defenses last week. Um, so that was that was good to see. Um, you know, and the Cowboys did that despite being shredded by Christian Ponder, which is yeah. just they almost lost. Just amazing, right? I mean, I'm watching yeah. that game, and you know, Ponder's like like just drilling the ball into into tight windows and and running for touchdowns. I, I, I you know, I don't know what to think of that Dallas secondary. As soon as I think that that they're you know like a you know like a Swiss cheese secondary, right. they they come out and have a great game. So. I, I guess I have to see more, but uh, man, they look bad on uh, yeah. There's some there's some situations. I mean, this goes back to what we were just talking about, but um, you know, there's some situations where they aren't necessarily that predictable. Dallas has had stretches where they've been pitiful against the pass, yeah. Uh, but they've also had stretches where the, where they haven't been that bad given their opponent. Uh, so it's it's kind of it's it's diff- like they were against the Eagles, yeah. right? Right. Uh, but. But it's it was kind of strange to see that whole Viking situation is going to be interesting to see how that plays out with Josh Freeman. Right, and it, um, just to just to go back on Foles real quick, um, I, I mentioned this on Twitter last night, and I saw a, a lot of uh, a, a film type type guys on Twitter talking about how Foles really has excelled um, throughout however many starts he's had in the NFL, like like twelve or so, um, uh, against zone defenses or, or or teams that play more zone defense. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the man to man. So, you know, I don't, 
I haven't found a, a specific um, a way to, to find out which teams play the most zone. But mm-hmm. if you do, or if I, I'll, I, do, I will share it with you if I find it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that that's, that's probably important because they said that, you know, Dallas secondary played a lot of man-to-man and, yeah, they did. and Foles, they do. Yeah, Foles didn't do well and hasn't, hasn't done well, you know, in 2012, I did not do well against man-to-man. So, um, you know, if, if, if he's going against his own defense, I think that that, that's a big plus for him. I know we don't really like to get into those sort of things because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional film watcher and never will be, but, um, you know, I think that is an important factor. Yeah, absolutely. It always is. The, the real football side always matters. Sure. As much as we just usually just are production analytical yeah. kind of beings, it still matters. Yeah, I just thought that was, a, that was a really great tidbit to pay attention to. Yeah. Um, at quarterback, we had oh, – oh, man. I did. Right, let's start with the good. I had Josh McCown, guys. Hey, yeah. hey okay. Well, let's move on. That's, uh... Yeah, all right. That's done. We're done. No. So I, I had Jake Locker and Alex Smith as well. Alex Smith didn't do well against a really, really easy, bad secondary. Uh, and then Jake Locker, ah, oh, we had such high hopes for him. I, and, I know. And, and you'll see in a second I still have high hopes for him. I think it's just it kind of went the way uh, – it was it was a game flow game. I mean, the Titans still won. It's not like it got out of hand or anything like that. And Locker still salvaged uh, the game with a rushing touchdown, which is good. Thank God for that. I started him in which a couple is, leagues, and I yeah, but the, that's part of it too, though. With Locker, is that he does give you that. It, it's like that. It's like him and Tannehill and Alex Smith can give you that rushing factor. Yeah, um, probably Locker more so than the other. Well, guys. it was clear. You know, I, I watched some of that game, and it was it was absolutely clear from the first offensive snap uh, for, for the Titans that Locker yeah. was not going to be required to do a, a whole hell of a lot against the Rams. Right. The, the, the first run was like a 25-yard a run by Chris Johnson up the middle. I'm telling you that the hole that Chris Johnson had to run through, when they, talk, when they talk about Mack trucks, I, I actually mean that a Mack truck could fit through this, yeah. this hole in the offensive line. So. Even it. fat Eddie Lacy could have fit through yeah, three or four Eddie Lacy's, you know, the fat version, <laughs> right? The August version. Um, uh, and anyway, I mean, when I saw that, when I saw that 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 huge um, Mack truck hole in the in the offensive line, I, I just kind of slapped myself on the forehead. I was like, this is not going to be good for Locker. Like, they're, yeah. they're going to be they're going to blow they're going to blow this defensive line apart. And you know, uh, Green and Johnson are going to go bananas. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's what happened there with Locker. McCown was was solid. Uh, I, I'm really. Ex- I, I was. I I wrote an article today. Him, McCown, and Keenum are have have put up nearly identical advanced metrics, passing metrics. It's really really crazy. Yeah. They're like two dropbacks apart from each other. They're they're passing that expected points is like. 0.5 away from each other like it's out of it's it's so bizarre Dude, in, in, but in trust men we trust that's that's what i oh my god yeah by the way big shout out to evan silva for probably some of the most hilarious tweets during that monday night football game <laughs> he was just he was just tweeting every time every time account did something good he would just t- tweet out whisper whisper right yeah <laughs> and it, it was just right. it was phenomenal and then and then people started getting mad at him and he he slowed down a bit but it was it was phenomenal so so hat tip to to silva right and they, what he was referring to is is Mark Tressman uh, has been referred to as the the quarterback whisperer because he's coaxed amazing performances out of out of every quarterback. And you know, honestly, the way that McCown performed in, in his production makes me 
I don't know, makes me think less of, of Jay Cutler. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It should, yeah. I mean, McCown's, what, he wasn't playing not long ago, and he's 34. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it literally, you're you're grabbing... I mean, it's not like a Kurt Warner situation, it, it, but, you know, because he's, he's a potential Hall of Famer. Josh McCown is not that. Yeah. And he just... He played very, very well. That final drive, it was incredible. He just looked great. I mean, you have to remember, I mean, Rich Gannon, who was just a, a, a journeyman type, type, you know, uh, um, a bridge, really, you know, a, a, a stopgap measure for a lot of teams, was a, mm-hmm. was like a top five or seven fantasy quarterback under under Trestman yeah. in Oakland. Trestman, he did work. He did work. He is and, him and Mike, him and Mike McCoy, man. Mike McCoy is great. is a is a great quarterback yes, guy too, yes, and he, that's why we're seeing that's why we're seeing that with Philip Rivers this year. I wish it's, it's not it's not a fluke. It's Mike McCoy. Yes, it, that's 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 exactly exactly right. So so you have um so you're you're gonna go with Locker this week against the Jaguars. Yeah. So I'll 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 just well let's just dig into that I guess. Um. So. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll go in a little bit of a different order. I'll go quarterbacks first. Oh, okay. How's that? Oh, yes. Well, be... I, just, I think I just pushed you into that. So yeah. Yeah, but it'll be fun. I got pushed in the quarterback pile. It's all good. There you go. Uh yeah. I mean, I I, I think Locker is a decent option this week. I, I like. I'll I'll wait for my favorite of the three uh, for last. But you know, he didn't come through for us last week. But against Jacksonville, I feel like any quarterback can come through. Uh, the only passer that didn't throw a touchdown pass against the Jags this season was Terrell Pryor, uh, which happened in week two, which that's when everyone was starting Terrell Pryor as well in daily fantasy. If you recall, that was a, that Um, was a game flow nightmare. Yeah, it really was. And, 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 you know, obviously this has a chance to get out of hand, uh, and, and for the Titans to just pound the ball against the Jags, but you're hoping for a good first half from locker. If, if, if Chris Johnson scores the the first two touchdowns, or Sean Green scores one of them as well, it it, it could be bad news if you're uh, starting Locker because they're if they go up, they're not going to lose that lead most likely. Yeah. Um. So you know, I think I think that you know, as we all know, Locker has been very very underrated as a passer, both in real and fantasy football this season. Um. But I, I do think that he still has a, a like a ten point floor uh, against Jacksonville, just given the way. Other quarterbacks have performed against them. I don't see him really destroying your fantasy team this week. No. Yeah, well, I, I will say that uh, Jacksonville is giving up um, almost 19 um, schedule-adjusted fantasy points to, to yeah. quarterbacks. That, that's that's a good chunk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he should he should be all right. Um, I, I, the reason I'm not more into this is because of what happened in St. Louis last week. I know. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, you... I think yeah, I think it does depend on game flow. I mean, let's put it this way: if you're if you're watching Red Zone and you see Chad Henney miraculously throw a couple early touchdowns or something, yeah, it's great. It's great. Just just yeah. just just be be thrilled because then Walker yeah. will have to do something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other guy, another guy I have is Eli Manning, which again, this is this feels awkward. I understand. Um, <laughs> I totally, I totally get how awkward it's going to feel when you click that button to put them as your starting QB one. But you know they're coming off a bye; they're getting a little healthier at running back with Andre Brown coming back, who I still think is going to get ten to twelve touches this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Peyton Hillis is the supposed starter, um, and they're they're facing a defense that just allowed seven freaking touchdowns to Nick Foles. So, as 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 unpredictable as Eli Manning has been this year, and has as up and down and what and and so on, 
Um, I think that you could do worse than, than Eli this week against Oakland. Sure. Um, and I think that it's a situation where we know the Giants can turn it on uh, on offense, you know, just with a snap of the fingers. And, and you know, I think that there's opportunity there with that wide, with that wide receiving core. Uh, you know, they didn't get rid of Hakeem Nix. Uh, and with Andre Brown coming back, who last year was actually the best running back, according to net expected points metrics uh, in the entire NFL. So I, I think that there's there's a decently bright future for or immediate future, meaning Sunday right. for the Giants offense. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, we, we've seen before where a uh, quarterback's performance um, can can go through the roof just with the presence of a running threat. Yeah, um, uh, you know that that's uh, not not every quarterback can um, can survive without without a legit running threat. Um, and uh, you know, if Andre Brown is is anything you know nearly as as efficient as he has been, um, then I think that that does worlds of good for yeah. for Eli's fantasy potential. One one of the huge problems with the Giants earlier this season was their offensive line play, and that's been slowly getting better as the season's gone on, like like it does with with most teams. I mean, even even the Steelers, who have had such a crappy time this year, and I'll rant about this later, actually, but like this, like the Steelers, who've had such a bad time this year, their offensive line is getting a little bit better than it was at the beginning of the season when Roethlisberger was on his ass every every three plays. So, um, you know, I, I think I think that offensive line play, when you when you put it all together, uh, it just it screams potential for that offense. Yeah, and actually, the numbers agree with you. Um... Uh, I remember about three or four weeks ago, Pro Football Focus had the Giants' offensive line um, ranked near the bottom, in the in the bottom three or four, and, and now mm-hmm. now they're about I think they're 16th right now. So they, yeah, they've they've yeah. made a significant jump. Right. I mean, that's just that that's just the kind of stuff that I that was you know that's just the the small thing that I just picked up by watching them, not necessarily analytically or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one. Is a guy that I'm actually I I promote pretty heavily. It's Ryan Tannehill. Um, I think I don't think a lot of people are talking about him this week, to be honest. Uh, but you know, I think he has a he's had a nice fantasy floor all season long, and he's facing a Tampa Bay secondary this week that's given up two or three t- touchdown passes in each of their last four games. Uh, right now they're uh, uh, adjusted for strength of schedule. Um, they rank 21st against the pass, according to some of the number fire metrics. But much of that has to do with how they were playing at the beginning of the season rather than late. Uh, so I, I think that Tannehill is actually kind of a sneaky play this week uh, against Tampa Bay. Yeah, and I, I really like, and, and just as a side note, I really like Hartline in this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, a great num- number two receivers have done uh, uh, pretty well recently. Again, against Tampa, and you know, he, Hartline's value was taking a huge hit with the presence of Brandon Gibson. But now that he's gone, I think just by yeah. default, he's gonna, you know, he he's going to benefit. Hopefully, our boy Chucky Clay can do something. Oh, come on, Charles. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to do you want to give some defense recommendations? <clears throat> I do. Um, so we have um, besides recommending selling the Chiefs. Uh, this, this week. <laughs> I hate you. I'm so sorry. I really am. Like I feel, I feel like I betrayed you a little bit. Yeah, you did a little bit. It's okay. And, and oh, oh, by the way, uh, um, uh, Sal on Twitter, uh, the the two QB uh, expert, FF, uh, yeah. uh, 
What's his Twitter handle? Do you have it off the top here? Two two QB. Isn't it just two QBFF or something like that? It, it very well could be. Uh, we'll, we'll confirm that soon. But uh, I'll do it now. He he tried. <laughs> so, two two QBFFB. Right. So so oh, there you go. Two at two QBFFB. It's he's a must follow for anybody in the two QB yeah. league or anybody who plays fantasy football. But yeah, he's a great guy. Leagues. So he so he um. Uh, he got a trade proposal from someone and said, "Hey, I'll give you the Chiefs for I forget who it was for, but it was basically just just a, a it would have been total robbery, right? right? And right. and so he says, "No, that's okay." And he sends he sends link to my to my fake football story, right? And the guy writes back, and this is on my timeline as well. The guy writes back like, <laughs> "I don't know what defensive streaming is. It sounds like a horrible urinary tract problem." <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know who the CD guy is, but it sounds like an idiot. I mean, it it, it just it was just a, an amazing rant about like like why in the world wouldn't you want the Chiefs? <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, uh, probably for the same reason that you're trying to get rid of them. Yeah, oh, Bucko. it was such a bad sell, sell job. I, I yeah, it's terrible. That's anyway, hilarious. Getting into Week Ten streaming options. Um, you know, I feel like a broken record a little bit. But you know, can't ignore the Jaguars, and you know they're 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 back this week playing um, on the road at Tennessee, uh, and it's just you know it's kind of it's kind of simple. The Jaguars give give up a ton of points to um, to opposing defenses, and um, the the Titans uh, the Titans defense is really solid. I know that they were kind of well they were destroyed on the ground against um zach stacy last week um yeah who's a beast right right and you know i just i I don't really see that happening i don't see the jaguars having a whole lot of um a whole lot of uh opportunity to run in this one and um the uh the, the titans all year have had a top five uh top five rated secondary according to pro football focus so um, I, I really am uh, bullish on them, and I think that you know if if they're somehow on your waiver wire, um, you should you should really pick them up. They're my top streamer yeah. this week. Um, another one is uh, uh, the, the, are the Eagles uh, who are playing the obviously the Aaron Rodgers list uh, Packers. Oh yeah. Um, you know I I know that the the Packers still uh, you know created some offense against the Bears even after Rodgers went down. But you, you, I don't, I don't know if people have come to grips with how weak and and depleted that Chicago defense is. Right, um, right. You know that we're not we're not talking about you know like your regular Bears defense that has been a a top commodity in fantasy in recent years. We're talking about honestly like like a, a weekly bottom five or ten option. Um, yeah, with the right. Bears. So. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I would read too much into what the Packers did after Rodgers went out uh, against the Bears. Um, you know, as far as I know, Seneca Wallace is going to start. Maybe maybe Matt Flynn will be signed in time. But yeah. does that scare you? I mean, would you not start a defense because Matt Flynn is starting? Exactly. I, I don't I don't know. I honestly don't know who would. Um, uh, the Eagles run defense, which I actually see this on Twitter. A lot of people go, well, hey, man, that run defense, you, you got to target that run defense. That's a soft defense. 
that I don't know. I I think that's from like the preseason. I I remember watching yeah. this preseason game against New England, where um, Stephen Ridley ran for like eighty yards on the first play against the Eagles, and mm-hmm. they ran it. I think they ran it seven straight times into the end zone, like like right. on that drive. And uh, and I and and they they look it looked honestly at that moment like the worst run defense in the history of football. Right, they've gotten better as the, as the year gone on, has gone on. So much, so much better. They're, uh the run defense is a top five unit through nine leagues. Uh, wow. I, I just I don't I just I don't know if if Eddie Lacy will be you know will be eaten as they say. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I mean it's the same. It's the same kind of thing with with the Giants. The Giants have a top three rush defense in the entire league, and when you adjust for for their strength of schedule, which has been absolutely ridiculous, who they've been playing, right. and it's the same thing where you just assume that things are continuing on the way that they started. It's like Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was stopping the run really well at the beginning of the season, and they're not as much anymore. Right. It's just it's just kind of the way the the game goes. Yeah. So I I, I really I really love the Eagles. I'm using the Eagles in at least two two leagues this week, um, and I actually uh, they're usually. Uh, well, on on most daily sites that, that I've that I've been on so far, um, they're at the very very bottom as far as value goes, as far as price goes. Um, yeah. So I think that they're they'll be they'll be very a very good option in um, in daily as well. So the Titans and, and Eagles are are my picks. I will just mention as an aside, since I did mention them in my fake football article, um, the uh, the Bills at the Steelers, uh, not my mm-hmm. favorite, but. Um, the Steelers are giving up so many points. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. You, oh, you, uh, oh, oh, that's right. I forgot you watched their games. Um, <laughs> uh, and and th- this one stat stood out to me. Uh, the the Steelers rank twentieth in pl- in pass blocking, and the Bills have a top ten, um, uh, p- you know, pass rush unit. So um, that that seems like a uh, an opportunity for. At least a, a couple sacks on Big Ben this week. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I I like them as as sort of a, a deep league streamer. Yeah, well, what happens is when you play the Steelers, you have a high floor to begin with yeah. because you're gonna get you're gonna get at least three or four sacks. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just it's the way that it goes. I I was I was doing some work with the Steelers today uh, for one of my articles that I wrote, and then I was editing a Big Ben one uh, and helping Tony, who's who's now uh at number fire out with this this big ben article and we're i was you know i was looking at the the defensive metrics and we we work with our adjusted defensive net expected points metric which is essentially saying uh how many points above or below replacement uh is this defense taking away from the offense so right so a positive number is not good because that means the offense is scoring points uh the the steelers this season have a plus 56 adjusted defensive NEP, mm-hmm. which means if you put a replacement level team in there uh, for the Steelers, that defense would cr- would have created a 56 point swing in their team's favor over the course of the season. And you divide that by eight weeks and you get, that's a touchdown a game. And that's how bad the Steelers defense has, has been this year. And it, you know, I looked historically up until I, well, I looked up from 2000 onward the worst Steelers team on defense was in 2009 where their uh, their adjusted defensive NEP was only uh, four, mm. meaning it was just, it was four points. They're very average in other words. Uh, so 
right now they're they're the sixth worst defense in the league, and it's it's kind of incredible for me to witness this. To be honest, I mean we're not used to seeing this no. bad of a Steelers defense. We're just not. And and it, I'll say quick. It's it, for for anyone that that is wondering why this is happening. It's because well, it's a few things. I'll say the the game's caught up with Dick LeBeau for sure. But a lot of it is that our defensive line, we, we had so many busts uh, with, with, our, with draft picks like Ziggy Hood and Cam Hayward. And it's gotten to the point where we don't have a defensive line when we had guys like Aaron Smith and Casey Hampton carrying us uh, through the 2000s and winning those Super Bowls. We don't have a defensive line in them anymore, which is a huge part of that 3-4 defense. So I just want to throw that out there that's my Steelers talk for the day yeah well I, I don't want to take too much away from your rant whatever that was going to be yeah that well I just I had to had to throw it out there it's been it's been devastating I mean it's been very very difficult I'm kind of you know like I'm not the kind of fan that like like loses sleep over it uh but I'm the kind of fan that analyzes it and I say what the hell yeah I, and, you know it's just frustrating I, I I didn't wrap my head around how bad Pittsburgh's defense was until I used them in a couple of daily leagues in uh, whatever week it was where they played Minnesota in uh, yeah in London in London and and I and I just I'm watching that game and I'm like so wait Matt Castle is just is just shredding is just destroying yeah. this secondary this defense I, I just I was dumbfounded I was like well now now yeah. I understand like I I was warned I you know I should have listened to what I was seeing or you know what, what I was hearing from people but. Man, yeah, that 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 taught me my lesson. Yeah, I mean, they had they the the first four weeks of the season, they didn't have a single takeaway. How how do you not get a turnover in the first four games of the season? I mean, just by That's, just by accident. By accident, I could be walking down the street and might get an interception. <laughs> how the hell are you guys not getting an interception against Matt Castle? Ag- ag- against, I mean, come on, Matt Castle. Mm. Unbelievable. Okay. Anyway, all right. So anyway, we have okay. Um, so, the Bills in very deep leagues, the Eagles and the Titans are my preferred options. Okay. Let's get on to the, the tight ends real quick. Do you want to we'll, – we'll, we'll talk about two guys. Uh, do you want to talk about yours first? Two, I mean, I think we both agree on this guy, but do you want to talk about him a little bit? Sure. Uh, Garrett Graham, uh, who we talked about a few weeks ago after um, Owen Daniels went down for a significant period, not the whole season. But um, <clears throat> Graham seemed like – you know, like a potential top 10 guy at the time. It, it hasn't panned out over his first two games as starter uh, for, for the Texans. And I think that has something to do, um, you know, with Schaub going down and, and their their offense changing with the lack of a running game. Um, uh, but, um, you know, he's still, uh, Graham is playing the Cardinals this week. He's still running a decent amount of routes. He ran 29 routes um, against the Colts last week. Which is which is fine. I mean, it's not extraordinary, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, he was targeted five times by Case Keenum. He uh, he caught four balls for forty six yards. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know if I, I don't know if he's going to be a guy who has this enormous ceiling. I don't <clears throat> I don't see him you know going for a hundred yards in a touchdown. But he's a big guy who's relevant in the in the red zone and, and in the end zone. Um, and he plays a Cardinals team that, um, you know, schedule adjusted points wise, uh, is giving up the most points to tight ends of any team in the league. 
it was pointed pointed out to me on Twitter, and, and smartly, I, I actually appreciate everyone who um, who talks about this, including uh, Rich Rebar, uh, my uh, uh, you know my partner here at uh, colleague at at Extend Sports, right? Uh, he pointed out that um, vertical vertically inclined tight ends have been the ones to shred. I keep yeah. saying shred. I need to think of a friggin' better word, a different. No, no, I get it. They, they shredded that. They defense. shred. They shred. Right. Have gone bananas against um, the Cardinals' defense, and and we're talking about Jimmy Graham. We're talking about Vernon Davis and a couple other uh, Jared Cook back when he was good for one week, um, <clears throat> and the return of Daryl Washington, uh, the inside linebacker for Arizona, yeah. um, after a uh, four uh, four game suspension to start the season. Um, was supposed to make a, a difference, and and you know he is a good a good co- uh, cover linebacker. He's rated third among all inside linebackers in in coverage. So there is something to that. Um, uh, but I will say that um, it hasn't made uh, a, a ton of difference. Um, the Seattle tight ends, including Zach Miller, had success mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 against the Cardinals. Um, the tight ends facing Arizona have averaged 14.3 fantasy points uh, since Washington's return in week five. So it's not like, you know, the tight ends are be- suddenly being shut down. And um, I found a, a, an ESPN interview from a couple weeks ago where Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, um, actually said, and this is a quote, Daryl's not a tight end stopper. Nice. You know, he said Daryl's a piece of our, a piece to our defense, right. um, and you know, I I I like to listen to coaches when they're when they're when they're talking, you know, about negatively, <laughs> right? When they talk, when they're when they're reaffirming what I already thought. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love to listen to coaches. Then, otherwise, I'd rather them not speak. But uh, you know, I I think um, I think there is something to be said for the the continued struggle. Uh, of the Cardinals uh, against tight ends, um, and the fact that um, you know, with Arian Foster seeing, I think he went to a back specialist today. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very questionable to start. Ben Tate has like like sixteen or eighteen broken ribs. Um, if that's like thirty four, right? At last count, um, it was it was in the thirties. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah 30s. Um, but the low thirties, so he's okay. <laughs> and uh, so you know, it's not. It's. I don't think that the Texans are going to be, are going to have the luxury of being that um that really run heavy team. You know that we're used to seeing. I think that Keenum is is going to continue to throw it and throw it a lot, and that that's that's great for a guy like Graham. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Graham Graham's a great streamer this week. He'll be in my start sit column tomorrow. So I'm 100% with you uh, on Graham and. We were we were pretty high on him after the the Daniels uh, injury, and he hasn't really. I don't think he's reached what we wanted him to get to, but uh, you know, hopefully Keenum can help that a little bit. Um, so I, what I just want to throw it out there that Tim Wright is a guy that we will probably just keep mentioning on this podcast. So yeah, um, you know he he's got another good matchup this week. He scored last week in a bad matchup. Uh. But but he's getting targets like we were talking about even a couple weeks ago, uh, and and now with Mike Williams out, he's getting more. Um, so so he's going to be a guy that that you will you should think about starting this week if you're if you're desperate at tight end. But um, one guy that I'm that I'm looking at is actually it's Delaney Walker, 
uh, he he has, and I, I realize this uh, number fire actually has Walker right now as the tenth tight end this week, which is kind of insane. Wow. Um, yeah. So I know it's weird that I'm recommending a player who has five games of three or more receptions or three or less receptions, um, but but I think that you know against Jacksonville again, they're they're bad. They're horrible on defense. Uh, but since week two, the Jags have allowed a touchdown to opposing tight ends in every single game outside of week seven, which was against San Diego. And in that game, the Chargers tight ends caught nine balls for 76 yards. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, D- Delaney should get at least four or five receptions, I think, in, in a potential for a score. So if you're really, really desperate for a tight end, this is a I would say that the, the Garrett Graham and the Tim Wright guys are for standard, you know, normal 12, maybe 14 team leagues. This is more of a 16-team league guy that you should look at uh, for upside, and there's potential for him to score. Right. So, so you know, those in really deep leagues, you, you degenerates out there, you can't say that we never did anything nice for you. That's right. That's right. JJ. We got to we, we, oh, we're, we're catering to the people that, that get mad whenever we post articles, and they're like, well, that's not how my six-team league works. Oh, no, no. But I, honestly, it's usually like it's, that's not how my 18-team like twenty person bench. Yeah. He's not available. Yeah. <laughs> um, I screw you and your friends. Uh, just just a quick uh, just a quick thing, and I wrote wrote about this on XN Sports um, uh, today. A quick thing about Tim Wright against the Dolphins. Um, something that that is a little concerning uh, about Wright is that he only ran nineteen routes last week, and that's really low. Wow, that's really low. Yeah, he ran fifty one the week before uh, against Carolina. And that that's not going to happen again. But but it, it's a huge change. He was he was asked to block a total of nineteen times. So, um, and Tom Tom Crabtree ran twelve pass routes, which is a, a lot for him. Um, so that, you know that's just a little concerning. I couldn't find a reason why that happened. I mean, the the Bucks seem to 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 use a lot of three wide receiver sets against um, Seattle um, last week. But uh, it's just it's just a note that. You know, he he was he uh, Tim Wright was was a top six tight end in week nine, which yeah. which is fantastic. Uh, but I would feel much, much better if he had run closer to 30 pass routes. So that's something to keep an eye on for this week. Yeah, I dig it. Um, and yeah, another thing, too, to just throw into that, too, is that you beat Miami by running the ball. We saw that with Giovanni Bernard yeah, last week. That's right. So. That could be that could be a sign of of not as much upside if he's if he's told to stay where he's at and not run a route. Yeah, or block. I mean, he, you know, nine, nine, right, nineteen right. times it. I but I still see right as I actually have him ranked as um, my thirteenth ranked tight end yeah, for this week. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, okay, so those are our, those are our guys. We have Delaney Walker, kind of Tim Wright, and Garrett Graham. Yeah, and then our defenses. Are say them again. Uh, uh, Tennessee, Fort Foremost, and um, Philadelphia. Right, right, and then quarterbacks we have Eli, Jake Locker, and Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> that seems like fun. It's kind of a safe week. Yeah, I would say with Tim Wright, it would be we we recommend Tim Wright ish. Tim Wright ish, yeah. He's like the. He, I'm telling you, man. He's like the the new Jordan Reed of this podcast. Uh, he's the yeah. he's the Jordan Reed of the second half of the season. Yeah, and by the way, guys, I I know we've stopped talking about Jordan Reed because he's 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 all grown up. You know, he's our he's our little. Stream. He graduated. He graduated from living the stream. Right. He's our little streaming pup, all grown up, and 
But if he's somehow available, please, for the love, please pick him up. That that whole there, you know, I actually uh, was was in a. I asked Matthew Barry about this. If the the percentage owned on ESPN.com is is accurate, and he said that it it, it is updated. Yeah, and it's kind of. Uh, it's kind of frightening me because Keenan Allen entering and, and even now I looked at post waivers. If your waivers happen today, right now he's owned in 57.5% of ESPN.com leagues, which is hor- Keenan Allen is a wide receiver one right now. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, the guy is, he's, he's out of control. Good. So I don't know if he's out there somehow. I mean, get him. I, I, guess. I feel like it's a, it's somewhat, you know, akin to, what happened with uh, my boy Denario last year, uh, where yeah, he kind of came on this time of year, and and it took a while, and then and he was still available in like half a leagues when he was when he had posted like three or four top twelve performances in a yeah. row, and uh, and and the same same crap's happening with Keenan Allen. I, I don't know what it is about about those Chargers receivers that people that fantasy owners are just I just like meh. It, it doesn't make any. I know it doesn't make any sense either. I got I got so lucky with Keenan Allen because I recommended him after uh, or before that week five or I think it was before the week five game against Oakland oh. where he had like the one fifteen and the touchdown. Yeah, I got so lucky That's with great. that because I I grabbed him off the wire in a lot of leagues before he got hot. But like he he has been a savior for me yeah. in fantasy football this year. Yeah. And 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 upcoming they have Denver Miami. Kansas City, which should be tough, but then a depleted Cincinnati defense, and then the playoff schedule: the Giants, Broncos, and Raiders. That that just uh, you got to get them. That's fantastic, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so let's get into uh, some of the Twitter questions. Yeah, well, we got, we got a lot, and, and I if I answered your your question, you're welcome. I I didn't realize <laughs> that was hilarious. I, I got confused, and I know. JJ sent out a a, a a request for for questions, and then I started answering them like in earnest, like "Oh my god, oh my god, I have to answer these. Why are all these questions coming in?" And then, um, and then I realized that they were for the pod. So sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. We'll get to them now. Uh, we have Chris O four seven. As his his name isn't doesn't say Chris. It says from the upper deck. No, he's a he's a frustrated foster owner, and he has Tolbert playing last two weeks. Should I trade? Ga- Wait, did you play? Did Fo- oh, okay, because they had a buy. Uh, should I trade Gates and Lance Moore for Tate and Stevie J? So trading. I mean, this is kind of tough to answer because we don't know the rest of the team really, which is something that we always, always, always push for people to give us more information. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he'd be giving up Antonio Gates and Lance Moore for. Ben Tate and Stevie Johnson. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Because he's a foster owner. No, I. You know, I guess yes. I. Yeah, I. I say I say yes too. And then he can tight end stream. He can pick Delaney Walker up. Yeah, right, right. right. No, no, I, I, yes, yes, I agree. I, with EJ Manuel coming back, I, I like, I like Stevie Johnson a lot more. Yeah, and actually, the Bills have the. Uh, I don't know. Never mind. That was with running backs. Okay. They, they do have a pretty uh, soft schedule coming up, though. Yeah. Um, next question is from Dom at D Morales 11. 
streaming D plan for the rest of the year. Go. What is it, Denny? What's your plan in your leagues? <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, I, I can actually, I, I can address that in, in a way. I mean, if you're looking for like, um, like playoff defenses, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, it, if you, I think that in general, is your approach? Let's let's handle it this way. Is your approach in general to uh, continue to just play week to week defenses? Oh yeah, yeah. I I mean, if you if you come across a, a defense that's playable every week, then that's good for you. Just like with with what what's happened with um, you know, with with, with some of our tight ends, you know, some of our graduates from streaming school like Julius yeah. Thomas and Jordan Reed and a couple others. Um. Then that then that's great, but um, I mean, if we're if we're gonna look ahead um, to like playoff time, I'll just give some uh, some some quick hitters here. Hot takes, hot takes. Ready? Um, yeah. Uh, the Browns play the Jaguars in Week 13. Um, okay. That's a, that's a and they're playing in Cleveland. That that's that's a prime matchup, obviously. Um, that that you'd want to target. Um, you know, and injuries are gonna have a lot to do with with all this too. And um, in in week fourteen, the uh, Giants are playing at San Diego, and the Giants give up a ton of points. Uh, so uh, the Steelers play the Dolphins that week, and you know, sorry, but you know, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm looking looking toward the Dolphins. If Aaron Rodgers is, is is not back, then I think the Packers become, you know, become a target uh, for 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 all this time. Um, even against a team, I'm looking at uh, week eleven here. They the Packers play at New York at, at at the Giants in Week 11. Um, I would consider them so um, you definitely look ahead in the schedule. And if you have a deep bench, if you have a deep bench, just just pick up a defense. You know, if 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 things change in the meantime, then the worst thing that you have to do is just drop that defense back to, right. back to waivers. It's fine. Right. I think that's the big thing is that you know with defenses you can't really plan ahead that much because a lot of things do change and because you're going to have to hold multiple defenses. So, you know, only in deeper le- deeper bench leagues do you want to hold multiple defenses. Otherwise, just continue to stream. Yep. Um, this one's from D. Schmelz- Schmelzer. Uh, Dan, Schmel- Dan Schmelzer. He sh- he- you're killing Schmelzer. this guy's name, too. Yeah, sorry, Schmelzer. He asks a lot of- he's a good guy. He asks a lot, a lot of questions. Uh Standard non-PPR scoring. Who do you like this week out of Trent Richardson, Ellington, Rashad Jennings, and Andre Brown? I'll, I'll go first. I'm going to say Trent Richardson. Uh, I, I mean, that was my gut reaction, but um, doesn't he, isn't he dealing with an ankle right now? Yeah, there's, yeah, I, I think that it's, I don't think it's very serious though. Right. He has an ankle, unlike the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, he has one. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, no, but I mean. He's actually he's holding an ankle. <laughs> yeah. He's dealing with it like it's 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 giving him some troubles like just being around him. I mean the the one thing I worry about and I actually cannot believe there are a lot of things I say during the football season that I can't believe I'm saying it when I say it. Yeah. I actually worry about Donald Brown. Yeah, I know. I know. I do so. But I'm not I'm not sold on Ellington yet as a like I love Ellington. I love him. But I, I can't I can't say that I understand Bruce Arians yet. No, uh, Bruce Arians is totally and completely committed to Rashard Benatar as the centerpiece of the franchise. Yeah, that's right. So I don't I can't really buy into Ellington yet, and it's it's non PPR. If it was PPR, I think it'd be a different story. Rashad Jennings, 
I mean, whatever. And then and, and we're, he's playing uh, against the Giants who have a good rush D. And Andre Brown might not get in enough touches. I'd go I'd go Richardson. Yeah, right now, yeah. I mean, unless his ankle, unless he, he still has an ankle. Yeah, right. We'll see. We'll see by Sunday. Okay. Um, this one is from Harbaugh. Harbaugh's my hero. Uh, <laughs> his name is Jeremy. He says, Percy Harvin or James Jones, rest of season. Wow. Hey, I have to credit... Well, I don't know which Harbaugh he's talking about, I guess. But I'm guessing yeah. Jim because no one likes John that much to, to have a Twitter <laughs> handle named after. But, um, I mean, if, you, if you're if you considering, like, picking up a Seahawks centerpiece and you're a 49ers fan, good for you. That's good. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I Who do you think, James Jones or Percy Harvin? Uh, you know, I, I mean, is Percy Harvin going to play this year? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I honestly have not read up on him this week. Yeah. I mean, every time I see it, it's like, well, he's he's coming along. You know, he's still he's still breathing. You know, still doing yeah. okay. So it's tough. It's tough to gauge. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, pe- you know, pe- when people ask, should I trade for a person? I, I I don't know. I, how many weeks are you going to get him? Two, three? I, I, right. I just I don't know. And James Jones is hardly a, a wide receiver three without Rodgers there. So. That's really difficult for me. I guess I would lean. I guess I here, here's lean here, Yeah, I mean, I guess I would too for upside because I'm I'm worried about the Packers passing game without Rodgers. But right now, this is <laughs> this is the Roto World blurb. Thanks to the our boys at Roto World. Coach Pete Carroll said Harvin is in phase two of his rehab and had a great workout, but still hasn't been cleared to resume practicing. So phase two, whatever the hell that means. Phase two. That's where he's at. Phase he's two in of phase eleven. Two. I think that's yeah. I feel I feel like Pat Roto Pat whenever he wrote that was just rolling his eyes or whoever the heck wrote it. <laughs> um. So how about this one? Do you like Keenum really quick? Do you like Keenum or Pryor rest of season? Mm. See, Keenum could be a volume guy for me. Yeah. Um. I I think I actually did answer. That's one of the ones I answered. I I said Pryor, but really just by a little bit, and I could not begrudge anybody for saying screw it. I'm going with Keenum. Yeah, I'd probably. It looks like uh, opponent-wise, um, neither neither schedule. Oh, Houston Houston has a pretty good up, uh, rest of season schedule against uh, defenses, and they play Arizona this week, so they'll get that out of the way. I'd probably say Pryor though. Yeah. I I mean I think that he's more proven. Yeah, if I had to pick one, I would say Pryor because, like we've talked about, you know, ad nauseum here on the pod, Pryor has that great high floor yeah right and, and you know I, I, we're, we're talking about redraft leagues here i mean we're talking about um right we're not talking about daily or anything but um yeah so i think that that that, that keenum's floor i mean i'm sorry um ceiling is probably as high or higher yeah it could be it could be and, and, and you know because i mean prior has stunk through the air the last couple of weeks right. i mean against the the steelers he would have been a debacle if he had right he would have been like a one one point eight but yeah i guess prior yeah all right let's uh let's go through these as quick as possible we have week 10 ellington t rich spiller or mike james oh good uh spiller i'm I'd say I'll go Spiller too, but Mike James is close. I know, me too. I, I hesitated, but yeah, Spiller. Yeah, yeah. What defensive matchups are you looking for to stream in the playoffs? So far, I've got Titans versus Jags for Week 16. I'd say that's fine. The Titans have a good, you know, that like 
again, it's tough to predict that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, but... and the Saints get the Rams in Week 15. Look for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was from G G Men underscore Dynasty. We got at seven in the box. Can I drop Heath and pick any pick anyone else? Um, Heath Heath Miller. He's talking about. Um, I, I you know, the Heath Miller is gonna give you production of what a waiver wire guy is giving you. So depending on matchup, you know, I, I I'm disappointed in the way that Heath's been playing, but a lot of that has to do with his health. I thought it was gonna get better as the season's gone on, but it hasn't really. Uh, so I would I would probably just keep Heath. But uh, but but realize that I'm fine with picking up a guy off the wire. Yeah, I mean, I, I would much rather play like a Garrett Graham this week. Right, right. Um, what do you expect from Marcus Colston going forward? Oh my gosh, vomiting. <laughs> I mean, crying sh- shower, shower crying? crying for sure. That goes without saying at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's from Too Hotty, by the way. Too Hotty. Yeah. H a w t y haughty. Haughty. So it's like a British porn bot. I don't. Yeah, it's yeah. Scott Russell is a British porn bot. Oh, all right, Scott. I see. I see where you're going. Um, I mean, I you know for the rest, no, I I don't think that you can you can like hold out and be and and pretend that Colston's going to suddenly become a top fifteen option at some point. I don't think no. it's happening. No, it sucks because I'm stuck with him in deep leagues. But you're just stuck with him. Yeah. Uh, how do you rank Stacy Ridley and Morris rest of season? Mm. Stacey, Ridley, and Morris. Wow, that's a good question. Well, more. Um, I'd have to say Morris. I would say Morris is first. I'd probably go... No, you know what? I'm going to switch that. I'm going with Stacey. They're clearly just, just, just feeding him the ball no matter what. It's getting 30 touches in the last two games uh, on average. I'm going with Stacey out of those three. Yeah, I'll go. I'll still I'll stick with Morris. He's, he's had a really underrated season. Uh, and then I'd probably... Uh, it's tough. They're all they're all special in their own way, <laughs> like 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 children. Yes. This week, would you start Zach Stacy or Mike James? Um, James. Yeah, I'm going with James too. Uh that's uh no, I'm going with Stacy. <laughs> okay. I'm going with Stacy. Um. I've done lots of research, and I like Keenum over Foles rest of season, dot, dot, dot. Am I crazy? Jeff Davis, FF. Jeff, I don't think you're crazy because the schedule after this week against Arizona is pretty freaking soft. Yeah. I think you agree, Dennis? Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> I'm in, uh, in agreement, yes. This is this is at Graham 41 not to be confused with Jimmy Graham. This is Jason Graham. He's a Gronk owner. Oh, that's that's when we know it's not Jimmy Graham. And he was he was offered Deshaun Jackson, Bernard, Gio Bernard, and and Jordan Cameron for Wallace, Morris, and Julius Thomas. What? Okay. What in the world? This, this is the kind of stuff that just gets me so fired up when a guy owns Gronk and you're targeting to trade with him and you're getting you're getting like Jordan Cameron or Julius Thomas. So let's just say which side would you want? You have Djax versus Wallace, because this is position by position. You have Djax versus Wallace. It's a big up for Djax, right? Uh-huh. And then you have Morris and, and Gio Bernard. Do you think that the difference between Morris and Gio Bernard is bigger or smaller than Djax and Wallace? It's uh, smaller. Yeah, I'd say smaller too. And then Julius Thomas compared to Jordan Cameron. Let's just say, uh, I don't know. 
But, oh, no, no, it's Thomas. Right. I think it's Thomas it's by, that... by a long shot. Right. Oh, right, right, right. I'm thinking about the whole trade at this oh, point. Oh, like, yeah. No, okay. I, yeah. I'll just, I'll say, I'll say it depends what you need. If you need a wide receiver, if you don't need a wide receiver, go with Morris and, and Thomas in that trade. If you need a wide receiver, stick with DJX. Yes, I agree. Let's go with that. <clears throat> okay. Uh, rank rest of season. Cecil Shorts, Keenan Allen, Josh Gordon, Torrey Smith. This is from at CFR Hawk. You know, I'm I'm not afraid. I'm gonna say Keenan Allen is number one. Josh Gordon's number two. Torrey Smith's number three, and Cecil Schwartz is number four. I, I I'm gonna. It's very very close with Allen and Gordon. I'm gonna put, yeah. I'm gonna put Gordon slightly, just very slightly above uh okay. above Allen, and I'm I'm with you on the rest. And then would you? Oh, and then the second question is: Do you start Cam against San Fran or Philip Rivers against Denver? And it's Philip Rivers against Denver. I don't even want Denny to answer that because. Because I'll be that's I'll be kicked off the pod if I say it. That's right. Yes, uh, I agree. Do you have Do you have This is from at the real Huba. Uh, is there Who's the fake Huba? <laughs> is, is there a wide receiver? Th- do you have a sleeper wide receiver this week that you've been thinking about? Uh, well, I I mean, I, if if Colston sits, then Lance Moore becomes a great option against that Cowboys secondary. Yeah, I agree. And Stills is still. Uh, a guy to look at too. Still um, killed me in daily. He's dead to me. Yeah, he killed me in my, one of my. Well, actually, he didn't uh, because I scored the most points in the league. Boom. Do uh, <laughs> a douche thing to say. At Jackson J Ray, he was offered AJ Green, Mike James, and Amendola for B Marsh and Alfred Morris. Um, th- this is a situation where, I you know that that's if you have if you need wide receiver depth then do it because now you're getting Amendola. If you're going to start Amendola, then do it. If you're not going to start Amendola, don't do it. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's a good, do you like that? That's a good summary. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, with no Sean losing carries, should owners worry come playoffs? Would you start Le'Veon Bell versus Buffalo over him? Huh? No. What? No, I just, I understand the carries thing, but it's, 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 but it's not like a, it's not like a thing. Yeah, no, so I don't think that, I think, God, that's so, I think people are being so greedy with no Sean. Like, yeah, I agree. I agree. He was the number two fantasy running back coming into last week's games. Number two. Yeah. And yeah. people are like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about no Sean. What are you talking about? You don't know. He's crushing. You've gotten so much. He's ec- killing it. You've gotten, you, you've gotten mountains of equity from him where you drafted him. He was like the 92nd running back off the board in August. Uh, Man, yes. people complain. Ooh. So no, you don't You don't start Le'Veon Bell over him. No. Uh, this is from our buddy, F, the Fantasy Football Gator, at FF Gator. Any top performing fantasy players you would sell high now before the playoffs? Mm, that's a good question. Gator. Uh, that is a good question. Um, For the playoffs... Uh, I'm looking at like rest of season schedules right now. Uh, you know, Chris Johnson. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. I mean, what do you no. do with Chris Johnson? I mean, what? How? How can people get a gauge on that guy? I just you, you can't. You can't. And I guarantee you, he's going to just disappoint people this week against Jacksonville. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. It's just going to happen. He's going to have 24 carries for minus 17 yards. Yeah, and Sean Green's going to have four touchdowns. Yeah. So sorry, Gator. We'll we'll have I'll have stuff in my start set. Yeah, I'll have to think about that. Yeah. Uh, this is from Jer Davis 5 Uh, he has Dez Keenan Allen versus he has Dez Keenan Allen versus Denver Fitz versus Houston Garcon versus Minnesota 
Douglas versus Seattle and Colston versus Dallas. He needs three. <laughs> let's let's just take out Douglas and Colston. <laughs> yeah, right. Can we can we not can we not talk about you're never starting Harry Douglas against Seattle over Keenan Allen against Denver. Yeah, it's never happening. That's correct. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd I'd say I'm. Do you want to go? Yeah, I was gonna say Garcon has to be in that three. Yeah, I'd say Garcon, Keenan Allen, and I'd probably go, and then Dez over Fitz. Right, that Dez guy. Yeah, that some Dez yeah. dude. Uh, at Tr Mose Tim. Uh, he says three wise men because Evans Evan Silva generously retweeted uh, the tweet. Oh yeah. So that okay. Yeah. So. So he's he's tweeting at Evan Sulfa as well. Uh, pick the best combo: AJ Green and Bernard slash Sproles, or Andre Johnson and Lacey slash Sproles. I, I, that's easy for me. I would say it's Andre and Lacey and Sproles. Oh yeah. Compared yeah. to AJ, AJ Green, Bernard and Sproles. Okay. Yeah. That's... Those are those are all of them. All right. Cool. We did it. Awesome. Is it ranting time? Yeah. You ready to do it? Are you are you first this week? Uh, sure. I'll go first. Okay. This gets back to um, my uh, my trade the Chiefs uh, column, which was really well received, and and I I really appreciate all the feedback from it, um, and all the interaction I got from that article because um, I I was a little hesitant to to say that since I knew that people would be so emotionally connected really to a fantasy defense that you know to be honest has single handedly won a lot of weeks for a lot of owners you know uh, right. they they've they, their point output has compensated for duds you know from from your fantasy studs duds from studs that's our next podcast man <laughs> so anyway uh so i understand that um that that would be difficult but um 90 of the feedback was positive and in fact, I, I just, you know, I retweeted tonight two or three incredible success stories of people trading away the Chiefs defense over the past 24 or 48 hours and getting great value back. And I just I just want to speak to this is really to the degenerate fo- fantasy football community out there. And I love you guys. And I'm, I'm part of you. OK, I am you. But and you are me. Uh, except for the hair, but anyway, the um, the the point is, when when I when I write something like that, I'm not really I'm not really targeting the 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 DGENs, you know. I'm not I'm not talking to the person who invested five hundred dollars in a in a seven in an eighteen team league, you know, back in August. Like, I'm talking right. I'm talking to I'm talking to people who a do not put 20 hours a week into optimizing the lineup. B, don't have 12 fantasy football teams to manage every week. And C, aren't playing with people who have played fantasy football since they used to collect stats from USA Today on Monday and Tuesday mornings. Okay. Right. I'm talking to, to, to normal, well-adjusted human beings who happen to be in fantasy football leagues. And, and for every one of you hardcore types... Of us, of us hardcore types, there are a thousand, there are ten thousand casual players, and 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 I and I'm I'm thrilled that they play. I I couldn't be happier, and I love interacting with them on on Twitter and otherwise, and in in the comment section of things. 
and that's who that's who I was targeting with that um, with that article. And, and a lot of when I would retweet um, retweet people saying, "Hey, I just got." Uh, you know, I just I just packaged Gio Bernard and the Chiefs to get Des Bryant, um, and I'll read, retweet that. People will be like, "Oh, why can't I be in these crappy leagues?" They are they are not crappy leagues. They're just leagues. They're just normal leagues of normal right, people right. who you know these people. Let's put it this way: the people who propose and have these trades accepted don't think about start sit options or trade evaluations while they shampoo their hair in the shower okay <laughs> crying while while crying <laughs> well, yeah, i mean that, that goes without saying at this point with the shower crime but it, it really it, it so so that, that 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 community is out there they they outnumber us a thousand or more to one you know so yeah i just I, I just i wish i wish people would just kind of cool, cool a little bit with with the the raging about about all oh, these if it was a legit league that wouldn't happen it is legit league it's just not it's not it's that's not your degenerate hardcore league that that's yeah. all so that's that's my rant yeah it goes back to that whole thing where we can't we can't target our writing for every league format no no it's not the way it works i mean we would have the smallest audience ever if we were to be like hey yeah. you guys who have you know who have a thousand dollars and have invested in your 2018 league yeah you, do this yeah <laughs> there's nothing yeah. to do <laughs> whoever you drafted is who you have in those leagues. right 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 um so tonight i'm gonna rant about talking trash um, so as, as you know, you know, my Steelers are really bad this year and like they're incredibly bad. Uh, and it's so bad to the point where we might get a top five draft pick, something that I've never even experienced in my entire life before or relevant life. Uh, but you know, I like, I like, I get it. Like we're really bad. I understand. But when I tweet something about one of your players or one of, one of the players of your teams that you really like and say something that's not very favorable about him, or if I share an opinion about fantasy football, I'm not saying that as a Steeler fan. If I say that Andy Dalton isn't good, I'm not. I'm saying that objectively. Uh, like, it would be idiotic for me to try to talk trash right now as a Steeler fan in 2013. That's like, that's like bragging about the fact that you got a tonsillectomy in third grade, and which I did, by the way. <laughs> I did get one, and I don't brag about that. Wow, that's 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 intense. That's intense. But, like, you know, fandom aside, please, 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 please. I can't even tell you the kind of responses I got prior to the Thursday night game with Andy Dalton because I'm a Steeler fan and I'm saying negative things about Andy Dalton. Therefore, it's my fandom getting in the way. Well, was I wrong? Denny, did Andy Dalton have a good game? Uh, He he did not. He did not. Okay. So... I just I, I want people to understand that the reason there's 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 logic behind those 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 thoughts. I'm not trying to get you. I don't care about that stuff because right now, uh, you know, this is this is what I do. This is my job. And if I let fandom get in the way, I wouldn't be able to keep doing this. I would I would be the one crying in the shower, shampooing my hair. So just just remember that moving forward. I know that you know that 99.9 percent of the people that will listen to this or that that talk to me understand that idea but there is that 0.1% that are ignorant and they think that 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 whole side of, of fandom 
gets in the way of something that I do for a living and that's just absurd I mean that's completely absurd so I know it really is I agree that's my rant uh, Dalton has become a surprisingly polarizing figure in fantasy um, he has yeah. I, 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 I've, I'm just surprised that I mean you have a faction of, uh, of fantasy types who are who, who say oh, man I, I told you this guy was a, was a legit top 10 guy and then he and then he has a bad game and it's like, yeah, it's just been one bad game and then everybody but like the hate like Dalton haters, which I lean more toward them, mm-hmm. um, are, are you know, I point to that and say, Oh, I told you this guy's not a legit startable option. So Yeah. I, I, I'm I am just a, as an observer, I'm very surprised by people's passion of surrounding Dalton. Right, it is it is interesting. And and to to piggyback off that, the reason that you don't like Andy Dalton to continue at his pace is because his pace was Peyton Manning's pace. It was actually better than what Peyton Manning was playing wow. at. And and if you if if you think that that's possible and you think that Andy Dalton is a Hall of Famer, then then go for it. But I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and and I mean, like we're laughing because we're we're picturing Andy Dalton's Annie Dalton's statue in, in at Canton, and it's going to be red. <laughs> of course. And, 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 that, and that's why we're laughing, because he's a redhead. But the I'm sorry, Gingers. But the, the reality of the situation is, you know, the, the, the feelings I have towards Annie Dalton has nothing to do with the way that I feel about the Steelers, especially this year when the Steelers suck. Why would I even care? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's even more reason. And... I don't know. It just it got to me a little bit last week because uh you know I really you know I I consciously strive to be objective in in writing and mm-hmm. when people think that otherwise then it's it's kind of disheartening. Yeah, well it can be it can be insulting not not that I have a soul and root for any team uh in particular right, right. but but it, right. yeah I'm I'm sure that um that it, that it, that it can be insulting and yeah, but especially like in this in this horrible season for the Steelers, like why in the world would you would you be like right. Dalton sucks, Steelers rule? Yeah, why would I do that? I'm not. I'm not. I don't like. I don't. I don't do that to begin with. Let alone when we're two and six. That's right. Doesn't make any sense. Anyway, all right, Dennis. <laughs> I'm not sure if I love this new name, but I'll go with it. No, I like it. I like it. You want to go? You want to go meet for some milkshakes? Yeah, let's let's do it. All right, I'm off to West Virginia, and we will – actually, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you first? Yes. Before you leave for West Virginia? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, before I get in my car. At, it's now 11 p.m. on, on Wednesday as we're recording. I'm about to make a three-hour drive just to have a damn milkshake with Jade. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You can find me on Twitter, at CDCarter13. I have a, a book situation on Amazon called How to Think Like a Fantasy Football Winner. Boom. Get it to feed his child. <laughs> I am JJ Zacharyson. You can find me on Twitter at late round QB. And you can find my work now at the number fire machine, numberfire.com. Good, good times over there. But that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out me.